Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joshan. On today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to actor Johnny Green. You may be familiar with Johnny as his role as the uh, kid in Back to the Future that Marty McFly steals the scooter from to make into a skateboard. Or if you're like me and you grew up in a very religious background, you may remember him from McGee and Me as the role of the bully, Derek Kreider. Regardless, Johnny and I got into a conversation about acting, about his career, about some advice if you're looking to break into acting, and overall just a, a very fun discussion for me. So I know you're going to enjoy it, but before we get there, I do need to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Johnny Green is right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast with me at this time. I can't believe it. You've seen him, or at least if you've seen McGee and me, you've seen him. If you've seen Back to the Future, you've seen him for a moment or so. I'm talking to the one and only Johnny Green. Johnny, how are you doing today? Very well. And yourself, sir? I am doing fantastic. I cannot believe it. I'm getting to talk to you. The man that played Derek Kreider, the one who made me scared of elementary school. I'm, 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 jo- I'm joshing a little bit there. I'm joking. But for real, I'm excited to talk to you uh, today. We're going to talk about some acting. We're going to talk about uh, McGee and me. We're going to talk about a lot of great stuff. So I'm excited. Um, for new listeners of the podcast, you may not be aware, I do like to invite my listeners to quote unquote detox from the world around them and get a window into how other people live their lives and just relax for a little bit for the show. And uh, I like to ask my guest right at the top of the show, Johnny, what are you currently detoxing from? It's mm, a good question. Okay. So, oh, uh, I recently quit smoking cigarettes. Very nice. So that's, uh, yeah, that's my thing. Um, so yeah, I had three months. I think I I think this is like my fourth time quitting now. But um, yeah, so Very it's nice. tough. You no, know, it's it's never easy. But uh, yeah, it's, you know you got to go through the process. So right, no, I hear you. I hear you. I think uh, right now it feels like for me, I'm doing a little bit of a. So with detoxing, we can have regular detoxing like you're talking about, or I would say maybe physical detoxing, right? Um, and then also sort of a cultural or mental detoxing. And for me, I think I'm in a little bit of a, I'm trying to detox from this mentality of, of trying to be the superhero. I think in my day-to-day life and, and outside of life, I always think about like, well, maybe I can improve the world this much more if I put in this much effort. And it's great. And also, sometimes we have to sleep. And sometimes we have to take care of our own selves so we can be the best version of ourselves for those that we care about. So that's that's what I'm trying to detox from in that aspect. It's a balance. Yes, sir. It's yep. a balance. 
Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, so I was, uh, for those who may listen, uh, who listen and may be aware is what I should say. Uh, Johnny, you've had uh, quite an interesting acting career. Uh, you're most prevalent in my mind. I mentioned it at the top of the show for your role as Derek within the McGee and Me series. But let's wind the clock back a little bit perhaps all the way to 1955 uh, to this kid who had uh, an early skateboard that Marty McFly took and made into an actual skateboard. Johnny, uh, I just introduced my kids to the Back to the Future trilogy over Labor Day weekend, and they really enjoyed it. What was actually funny um, was my daughter then went to school and came back and told me a story about how they watched uh, scientists on TV as part of science class to show like how scientists are depicted in, in fiction, right? And she said, yes, I even saw Doc Brown in To the Future. And I went, I think you mean Back to the Future. And she went, no, no, <laughs> no, dad, no, no, <laughs> And did the little like scoff laughing with the hand up. No, it's To the Future. I know, I saw it. And you know what? I just let it roll. I was like, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. To the future. It's more a command instead of a title. But Johnny, talk us through what your early, early career was like. How did you first get that gig on the show? And then how did that sort of uh, kickstart your career? Well, my uncle and my father uh, were already in the business uh, working as actors and... Um, so my father came home one day and I was four years old and he found me pulling tissues out of the tissue box, uh, basically imitating a, a child on a, a tissue commercial. They said, do you want to be in the TV? I said, yes. And my first audition was a Mattel commercial for the three wheels. Um, so, you know, I, I ended up getting the the job um on my first audition which is highly unusual uh most of the time you have to go through 30 40 50 uh, auditions before you get your first job so so it was a situation where it was it was um you know, uh, automatic positive reinforcement. So from there, I just kept going on auditions, got more commercial work. Um, and then, you know, the, the, uh, the, the call came for the audition for Back to the Future. And I just, I showed up. Uh, I did, you know, I did what they asked. And then uh, that was it. We got the phone call. Um, so it was, it was kind of an amazing experience yeah. uh, as a kid, you know. So what was um, all of it was probably a, a whirlwind, I would say. I, I've I Back to the Future, the trilogy is one of the one of those, uh, I would say, staple movies, comfort food movies, whatever you want to call it, that I've seen over and over and over again. So watching documentary, seeing how how jam packed and everything the the, rec the filming was, what was it like? What was maybe um, one of your favorite memories of being on set for that shot? that shoot well so a lot of people maybe don't know um is that they first uh cast the the part for uh, marty mcfly uh with eric stoltz um so what had happened was i i had uh, got to work uh on the film uh for a couple weeks uh with the first uh, with eric stoltz yeah um, before they had uh, 
been able to get Michael J. Fox um, to to do the part. So uh, basically, uh, I had to go back a second time uh, and and reshoot with Michael J. Fox. So so um, at the time, uh, Michael J. Fox was a big TV star with Family Ties. And I was a huge, huge fan of uh, Family Ties and the, the character Michael P. Keaton, uh, the character that he played. So, and when I say huge fan, I mean like, I mean I, you know, I I can't, uh, you know, overstate that. So, yeah. so basically, yeah. So I shot it with Eric Stoltz. Um, you know, it was it was really exciting, but nothing was nothing compared. Uh, to the moment. I mean, one of the, the strongest memories I have is being in my kitchen uh, the night the phone rang and uh, my mother answered the phone and, and she said like, okay, you want him back? And then Michael J. Fox, what? And I got the news that I was going back to work with Michael J. Fox. I was literally bouncing off the walls for hours. <laughs> so that, you know, that's a really sharp memory in my mind when the phone call came in. And then, you know, it was a much faster pace when we when we were shooting with Michael because we had to make up time and right. they were already behind schedule. So I, I ended up working with uh, with Michael for like four or five days. But, uh, you know, man, it was great. You know, it was you're working your you know, you're like an eight year old kid working with your childhood, you know, idol. And uh, man, he was a cool guy, you yeah. know, so. Um, yeah, it's, you know, very, very, uh, powerful experience for, for a kid, you know? I love that. You know, my, my daughter is seven, uh, getting close to being eight right now. And so I'm just thinking about like the TV show characters that she's such a huge fan of. If she had the opportunity to work with them right now, like how impactful would that be? Right. And that's just, that's so cool. You can't, how can you not love Michael J. Fox on family ties, Alex P. Keaton? I mean, it just, oh, and then. You got, and then you got Teen Wolf after that. Yeah, this is not the Michael J. Fox fan show. That's a different show. But I just, I that's so cool that you got the opportunity to work with them. So, um, moving on now, going from going from your role with Back to the Future, I want to I want to jump ahead just a smidge to McGee and me and talk about how. So for those who aren't aware, so. Um, growing up, I would say, uh, there was a, a Christian produced, uh, film series called McGee and me, which followed this character, Nicholas, who drew this cartoon McGee and they learned life lessons. They had, um, ex experiences at school. They had a particular bully, Derek Kreider. Um, and then different lessons were learned along the way. And so I think if I recall correctly, there was some chatter about it possibly being aired on network TV and being picked up and that didn't necessarily work out, but there were still uh, 12 or 13, 12, 12 different um, episodes that were produced over the, over the years. And so if you were, I would say, uh, so I came from a religious background. I'm not necessarily religious anymore. I'm very spiritual as a, as an individual. However, if you came from a specific religious background, it was, um, it was everywhere. It was in church that was being shown. It was being shown, I would say, at friends' houses. It was everywhere. And so I was very entrenched in, in the McGee and me, I would say, universe, if you will. So just laying the foundation for those who may not be aware and are listening. But how did you end up getting the role of Derek and working on the McGee and me production? I auditioned. Uh, we got the call. I showed up. 
um, they gave me the material to learn on the spot. If I recall, um, it was off of uh, Ventura Boulevard in, in Universal City. Mm-hmm. And I met the, the, the producer. And uh, so they, they had some material prepared they wanted me to learn. But after that, um, we did some improvisation. So I think it had, it had come down to uh, myself and uh, two other potential candidates for the job. Uh, and at, the, at that point, we had uh, we went into the or they, they had they went into the uh, the improvisation uh, round uh, of elimination. So basically, they, they pulled us all in individually uh, and did improvisation with us. Uh, and then apparently they liked uh, my improvisation and that and pretty sure we got the call like the next day uh, that I got the job. So it was they 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 moved pretty quick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really really great team, very warm, uh, people you know involved in the production. Um. So yeah, great experience. And you were on ha- approximately half of those episodes as well. And so what was it? So I w- I'm interested. I would say in the in the actual production aspect of it, because of the fact that it was uh, twelve episodes. Uh, spread out over so, a few different years. Um, sure. What was what was it like? Did they record like a couple in bunches, or did they bring you back um, every so often? How did that How did that aspect work for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't recall exactly what the process was. It, it might have been in like series of of threes. Yeah. Uh, for example. Um, but uh, yeah, they had a uh, you know their their marketing campaign, and they had their their distribution um, you know uh, plan. So I, I don't recall exactly if it was three at a time or four at a time, but we we did do them over a period of time, like you said. I um one thing that I really liked was um the the story arc of Derek. I would say I remember so early so. I, I don't know where folks could go and watch these. They might be on um, they might be on uh, Amazon or they might be on uh, YouTube. There might be a couple different places that folks could watch them now. Um, but for me, what's interesting is that the character arc of Derek, in my opinion, has the most growth out of the entire cast for the series. Because when we first meet Derek, he's trying to beat up Nick in an alley for for kicking a can onto his skateboard in the very first show. And then you take that and then you've got fast forwarding all the way to your last appearance where you're now giving life advice to Nicholas on how not to be sort of a bully and how not to be the person that, that you were, that your character was sort of in the early days. So what was your kind of perspective in getting to play this ever changing character from start to finish? Mm, well, my perspective as the actor, or my my perspective now, looking back, your perspective in getting to portray as an actor this character who's been on this evolving journey. Yeah, no, I think that um, you know it, it's interesting that you put it that way, right? You're kind of making me, um, you know, analyze it now. Um, you know, I. I 
you know, I understand what you're saying. I never really kind of, you know, realized uh, the beauty of what they had done there. Um, You know, and that's, that's kind of like more popular now, I think in in film. Um, But yeah, no, I think you're onto something uh, there. They were, they did it back then. Um, Yeah. You know, it's really about not, necessarily you know always uh vilifying somebody yeah maybe trying to understand uh you know their their plight why they're a broken person um you know trying to help heal them yeah uh, you know ultimately like you were saying you know it's it, it was a christian uh based series so there was that message there mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean i think that was a great move on their part um you know to sort of use that character in the beginning as a you know obstacle and a, and a challenge for for nick uh you know to get through um but then later on sort of just you know to, to help show that he was a kid that was being abused and there's a reason why he was acting out that way right. and uh um yeah yeah so that no that was really really nice as a uh, as a young actor, um, you know, for me, it was really easy to play the bully um, because I had a lot of bullies. Um, so I was I was like really able to imitate, um, you know, very easily that that behavior. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when they when they took it in that uh, direction, of, yeah, I was definitely happy uh to you know to develop that aspect of that character that was definitely you know fun for me so yeah yeah so i don't know if you if you watch the the series on netflix cobra kai uh which is the the next evolution of the karate kid franchise um but i i was watching it uh the season five just dropped in uh, not too long ago and so i was I was reflecting actually on the character of Derek when I was watching Cobra Kai, because for those that aren't aware, uh, and maybe they've seen Karate Kid in the original Karate Kid, Johnny Lawrence's character bullies Daniel LaRusso, the protagonist. Um, and then Daniel LaRusso is able to sort of overcome him in his own way. And then you fast forward to Cobra Kai, and now Johnny Lawrence is a bit of a redeemed character. He's no longer vilified, and he's actually helping Daniel LaRusso sort of navigate things when he's starting to court, sort of sink in and and not and be a little bit less than. And, and Johnny's the voice of reason. And so there was a lot of parallels that I saw in the Cobra Kai as opposed as well as in the Derek and the and the Nick uh, interaction and so to your point I like that they the producers had that aspect back in the 90s um, whereas now we're just starting to sort of see it over the last several years in more mainstream media of like let's have a logical reason as to why the villain the quote-unquote villain is doing what they're doing where are they coming from? What's the context? Can they be redeemed? I think that's the overarching question is, can this character be redeemed? Hey, you, you know, you, you have a more sophisticated audience um, these days. And, you know, um, you know, ultimately the perception uh, of division, you know, is just that it's just perception. It's an illusion. You know, we're all in this together um you know the more we understand each other the better off we are yep. mm, you know i'm not i'm not going to say that i don't think evil exists i think sure. evil does exist but 
I don't think we need to project that into, you know, every misunderstood character that we encounter in our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it makes, you know, it makes it definitely more interesting to engage as an audience. And, you yeah. know, like yeah. It. Now I got, I got to ask. So you've had, uh, you were the, you were skateboard or scooter kid, I guess, in Back to the Future. But it was you had the skateboard. Then you're doing skateboarding within McGee and Me. So was skateboarding a big part of your uh, repertoire? Let's say. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like most, like right. most kids in the you know the late '80s, early '90s, right? <laughs> right. Who, uh, who right. didn't have a skateboard, right? So. Yeah, man, I could board a bit. I'm okay. Could handle my own. Not so much these days. But... <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> no, not not so much these days. You know, it's kind of tough on the knees, but sure. I'll tr- I'll try. I just I don't want to hurt myself. You know, right. much I'm now. So yeah, the older don't... we get, the less we bounce back. <laughs> exactly right. Um, and so shorter shorter the distance we bounce. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what was maybe one really fun or unique memory that you had record like filming McGee and me? Any of those episodes? What's a memory that really stands out to you? Um, really, Joe, um, you know, all of it. Right. So what I remember about it is, um, you know, as a kid uh, and then you become friends with, uh, you know, the other kids. So, uh, you know, Joe Damon and I were like, you know, buddies for years. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, looking back, you know, like the personal friendships, uh, you know, stand out, uh, you know, much, much stronger than actually, uh, you know, the nights or daytimes we were we were shooting. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, the friendships back then with all the people because you become like a family when you're. Uh, when you're working so much together. Um, so, so yeah, you know, and then the, as far as the filming goes, mm, you know, the, the, the first episode we shot uh, was, you know, I guess the most exciting because it was like, it was the first, right. you know, so kind of getting to know everybody and, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, a much more thrilling um you know, sort of a uh, fiesta experience. And then moving forward from that, it, you, you just kind of fall into a rhythm. So I like it. I like it. Well, moving, moving on with your, with your acting career, I got, I got to ask when I was doing some research, uh, I found this show or series of movies. I'm not sure how to put it that you were in that I have never heard of before. Josh Kirby time warrior. What is this? What what is Josh Kirby Time Warrior? It's a, a sci-fi series, science fiction um, adventure series. It was really fun to shoot. We we shot the film in Romania. Oh wow! So yeah, that was very exciting experience as a young actor. It was only maybe a a year or two uh, after that country had had its uh, its uh, revolution. Yep. Uh, over you know, they had overthrown the uh, the communist dictator. Right. Uh, so there were still like a lot of bullet holes in the buildings. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, but it was, you know, you're, you're young. You don't really, you don't really mind those kinds of things. You're just excited, you know? So I'm a big sci-fi person myself. I don't, I don't know if you're, if you're into the sci-fi or not. I am. I am. So I was like, I need to check, I need to go check this out. I couldn't find, uh, I was trying to watch it uh, and was having uh, not a lot of luck. So I got to I gotta do some additional digging because I was like, I've literally never heard of this. But the images, the pictures, and the, the, the cover uh, reminded me of um, something out of Flash Gordon a little bit. Um, a little Flash Gordon-y. So I was like, okay, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. My eyebrow is raised. I'm interested. I need to know more. Um, so it's on my to watch list. So I got to figure this out. Um, now you, you were in a variety of roles, I would say post Josh Kirby and then, um, and then, uh, and then through the early two thousands and well, as well, what was your, um, I would say, what was, what was a particular role that you enjoyed, um, post McGee and me. So we talked about Josh Kirby. You were in my so-called life, uh, for a little bit. Um, but what was maybe one of these additional roles that really stood out for you? Oh, um, I did an episode of touched by an angel. Um, that was really, really fun to do. Um, but yeah, uh, 90210 was really nice to work on. Seventh heaven was great. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I was, I was in the movie Gia with Angelina Jolie. That was, that was kind of fun. You know, you kind of could feel that it was good. You know, something was going on there. It was, there was a lot of buzz around it. Um, so that was kind of exciting. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, a little bit of everything, yeah. you know, no, I like it. Well, one, uh, I would say I got a couple more questions from the acting perspective. I would say so. Um, one thing that I meant to ask a moment ago with McGee and me, so I'm going to circle back to it real quick, is, um, you know, right now, Hollywood's loving uh, sort of, I mentioned Cobra Kai, right? So they're really enjoying the sort of bringing back the same characters, but later in life to revisit where their life took them, what that perspective looked like. So if someone were to sort of like pick up McGee and me cast everybody as is now and revisit them, where do you think sort of the character of Derek would be in this sort of like 2022 space, knowing where we left him, where he's sort of like turned the corner and is more in the like, um, quote unquote, good guy role, right? Fast forwarding that, to 2022 where do you think maybe you see Derek Kreider in that space it's a really interesting question Joe I think he he owns like a large demolition company yeah like him and his like his his people they show up with like big trucks and and like uh you know cranes and like demolish big buildings and stuff I I I, I, I have no idea. um, No, that's a, that's a good question. I'd have to give it some thought, you know, be able to answer it seriously. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I like that. I I always kind of figured that, that Derek would um, sort of grow up and if, if not be sort of a full on counselor, 
I feel like he'd be in some way involved in local community outreach, even if it was volunteering, because I feel like Derek is somebody that would say, um, I really want to give back so that way other kids have resources that maybe I didn't have and I can help them uh, succeed maybe where it took me a little bit longer. I don't want them to take as long. So that's kind of where I always envisioned the character of Derek going later in life. That's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought, you know. Or an MMA uh, fighter. E either way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he works with wild horses and some yep. kind of wild horse sanctuary rehabilitation. I, li I like that. Yeah. I like what yeah. you know. Um, I, yeah, I think you should sketch those ideas down right? and then come up with like, you know, a small synopsis, little treatment, <laughs> it over to, uh, just putting it out there see what they say. Right, right, right. You never, you never know. You never know what can happen never, in this day and age. Never know. <laughs> I, um, uh, I'm interested. So now, uh, we sort of went through your acting career a bit. So where, where has, the man Johnny Green been since sort of the last thing that you've acted in. What what has your life kind of uh, the path that it's taken? What is what does that look like for you? Well, I uh, you know I've written a few screenplays. Um, mostly, re most of them revolve around a uh, a small Caribbean island um, that I spend most of my time on. Um, you know, uh, I, I have a few, uh, business interests there, uh, with my cousin. Um, so mostly just, just writing, um, you know, I have a, a few screenplays that are, that are finished. I'm going to be, you know, submitting, uh, you know, soon, uh, but mostly just, just doing that and spending time with my family. I like it. Very cool. Well, if somebody, I would say, as we're wrapping up this part of the podcast, uh, if somebody is looking to get into to acting, what is maybe some advice that you would like to in, 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 instill, impart, uh, provide, provide to them? It's mm, so a tough. That's a tough one. So definitely, you know, find a mentor. That's important. Hmm. And then, uh, you know, remember they, one of the things they would always tell me uh, was that, you know, acting is life. Um, so you, you need to experience life so you have something to draw from uh, to use in your craft. So, um, you know, always be growing, always be learning. Uh, and then that's that will serve you uh, to continuously be evolving uh, in your art form. So, um, you know, whatever, uh, whatever art form you want to get into, um, you know, you, you definitely going to have to be brave. Uh, that's definitely one of the key ingredients for being an artist, uh, on whatever level is bravery. So, uh, know thy, know thyself, um, you know, make sure that you understand that. Um, and that, you know, prepare yourself because you know unless your your uncle or your mommy or your daddy is the producer um of the movie you know it's it's gonna be uh you know you're gonna have to throw some punches and you're gonna have to get in there and 
and lean into it and grind on it. And that's going to, it's going to be work. Yep. So I, yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's really great advice that everyone can use. Johnny, thank you so much. We are going to uh, transition now to a part of the podcast I like to call Things to Check Out. It's a part of the podcast where I provide a recommendation to the listeners of something I'm reading, watching, and or listening to, and I invite my guests to do the same. So I will go first. So when I'm watching, I already mentioned earlier, season five of Cobra Kai is live. Uh, so I highly recommend those. If you liked the Karate Kid movies at all and you've not watched any of Cobra Kai, please go do so. It's on Netflix. Uh, reading, uh, I just picked up this book, uh, Zamboni Rodeo. It's about a reporter who follows a minor league hockey team in Texas around for a season and uh, reports on uh, them living on junk food and beer, practicing in deserted malls, navigating slushy ice in two warm arenas. Now, my uh, dad actually worked for a minor league hockey team for years. And so I grew up being in these like sort of deserted rinks and being around these players. And so uh, it's been an interesting read for me. I, I love hearing about sort of the the mindset of an of an athlete at that level. It's um, it's interesting to me. Um, and then listening to I just started I just um, discovered uh, this po this podcast that's local to Texas. It's called Yolitics. It's polit It's hyper hyper local or not super hyper because it's about the state of Texas, but uh, local to Texas politics podcast. So they've got like politicians from both sides of the aisle and they talk about issues collectively. And I just really like that it's called Yolitics because um, that sounds super Texan. So, anyways, Johnny, what are you reading, watching, or listening to? Mm. You know, Joe, I'm I'm really into Bigfoot. Okay. So, yeah, so that's kind of like my, you know, secret passion. Uh, although, I guess now not so secret. <laughs> right. So, um, that's that's my thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, you know, if you have a Bigfoot book, I've read it. Um, and then my, you know, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Bigfoot case files um you know not to mention sasquatch chronicles or dixie cryptid so uh you know bigfoot case files is my is my favorite i think her she has the nicest voice so um but yeah that's been a big obsession of mine since i was probably about six years old yeah, so, yeah basically i can tell you anything about bigfoot that's sort of i like, Love that form, <laughs> former guest of the podcast, Al Rooney, uh, is also a Bigfoot aficionado. So you're in good company. You're in good company there. Well, Johnny, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm on uh, Instagram, Johnny Green on Instagram. Perfect. J-O-H-N-N-Y-G-R-E-E-N. -E -E Perfect. Uh, well, Johnny, this has been a, a treat for me and overall a delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Me too. Thank you, Joe. You're Have welcome. Have a great evening. Well, listeners, you've been detoxing with detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast, or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, 
Thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.